0: Have you ever dreamt about a place you never really recall being to before? A place that maybe exists only in your imagination. You were there, though. You knew the language. You knew your way around. That was the 60s. Well, it wasn't that either. It was just 66 and early 67. That's all it was. Peter Fonda possibly doing his impression of record producer Terry Melcher in Steven Soderbergh's film, The Limey, 1999. Anyone unlucky enough not to have been aged between 14 and 30 during 1966 to 67 will never know the excitement of those years in popular culture. A sunny optimism permeated everything, and possibilities seemed limitless. So the late Ian MacDonald, author of Revolution in the Head, The Beatles' Records, and The Sixties, begins his description of Penny Lane, one side of the single that inaugurated that group's most intensely creative string of releases. I barely qualified for MacDonald's demographic in the years indicated, being a precocious thirteen-year-old who fancied himself sufficiently well-read and enthusiastic qualified as such to run with older, more worldly kids. I was aware of the then-newly opened field of possibility in culture that MacDonald describes. I just couldn't participate. In retrospect, this may have been just as well. But even to a kid on the sidelines, it seemed that something new and genuinely path-breaking happened nearly every fortnight. It was easy to take novelty for granted." Decades down the track, Ian MacDonald's words still ring true. The chronicles of that era show it was a time of constant innovation, a kind of hot house for mutant orchids, wherein aesthetic movements blossomed, then evanesced in the span of mere months. With the memory of my own experience and the historical record for support, I'd extend by a year this golden age described by MacDonald, He, in fact, does this on the very next page of his magnum opus, allowing in a footnote that Such was the festive atmosphere in English pop culture that disturbances in the political sphere did not intrude significantly until 1968. It was a year of consequence, as all are by degrees, but 1968 was full to overflowing with events of seismic import. There seemed to be more violence than usual, an underscore to everything from colonial politics to the very act of being young. Robert Kennedy and Martin Luther King were shot to death. Andy Warhol nearly was. U.S. forces massacred the Vietnamese inhabiting My Lai. Chicago policemen pounced on demonstrators at Chicago's Democratic Party convention. The University of Paris at Nanterre and Grosvenor Square and Watts and La Plaza de las Tres Culturas All became unexpected battlegrounds for civilians and police, squaring off in the year of the barricades. France exploded an H-bomb, Czechoslovakia was invaded, and on a happier note for those who still cared, Elvis made a comeback. He did it on TV, and as I recall, karate was involved. Apollo 8 reached the moon in 1968, intimating that outer space could be colonized by Americans— in the same year, LSD was declared illegal in the United States, intimating that inner space could be cordoned off by the authorities. The year 1968 was no less important in my own progress, as I entered my teenage years in a factory town. It was then that my parents gave me an FM radio, just as freeform rock programming began to contest classical music's hegemony in that frequency band. It didn't hurt that I achieved a measure of autonomy into the bargain, with enough money and freedom of movement to access record stores on a weekly basis. It had been a year since racial tension, long festering in Detroit, gave way to the massive insurrection triggered during the summer of 1967 by the 12th Street Riot. Twelve months on, the city was visibly in decline. It remains so. In a January 1st, 2003 New York Times interview, author and Detroit native Jeffrey Eugenides recalled his hometown's Jefferson Avenue. During my whole life, it was crumbling and being destroyed little by little. He could have been describing the city itself. One simply became accustomed to things getting worse with each passing year, the civic infrastructure becoming ever more neglected and battle-scarred. And sadly, one got used to the idea that it wouldn't recover.